you are now tuned in to Cup of Grind with Jada D. This is your daily dose of what's real in entrepreneurship. This podcast is intended for the new business owner, the person with a really good idea but not sure where to begin, and that person working at a job dreaming of the day that they can work for themselves. It's grind time. What's up, what's up, what's up? It's your girl Jada D, and this is another Cup of Grind podcast. My guest today is my home girl, my dog, Mariah Durrett. She is the owner and primary caregiver of the Perfect Peace DFW. Mariah is originally from Memphis, has been living in Dallas for the last few years. She's received her Bachelor of Arts degree in Speech Language Pathology from the University of Tennessee at Knoxville. She's been practicing speech therapy in the states of Tennessee and Texas. She also became introduced to applied behavior analysis therapy back in 2012 and over the last few years, maybe about eight to 10. She's been a classroom teacher, social skills instructor, provider of speech and ABA therapy. She has also gained certifications as a registered behavior technician and CPR and first aid, holding both for several years. She's in school right now actually to get her master's of of psychology and applied behavior analysis and volunteers with multiple special needs ministries and churches across the DFW. I don't want to give her story away, but I know that she's doing some amazing things in her business and is going to continue to impact the lives of so many families for years to come. I want you to hear this hilarious conversation from um, a a North Memphis wannabe astronaut um, from an amazing person I call my sister. Check it out. Raya, what it do, Jada? Hey, I appreciate you from uh, penciling me in and your busy schedule. I'm happy to be here. I'm glad that you're doing this podcast. It's so needed. I'm very excited about it. Yeah, and I'm really excited to have you and your expertise because you have a very specialized skill and industry that I think is often overlooked, but definitely needs to have some spotlight on it. So I'm happy to have you. Um, and to start out, like, so what's the what's your official title? Is it caregiver or I don't I don't want to disrespect you. What's, what's your official title? <laughs> in the corporate world or in my um, as far as like my business goes. Well, on the Cup of Ground podcast, we're definitely speaking on business okay. as an entrepreneur. So what's your title? Um, I'm a, the primary caregiver. OK, primary caregiver and owner do. All right, and, and owner, duly noted. Yeah. <laughs> and make sure that you know from my title, you add um, producer because I produced that intro. So add music producer to mine. And it's definitely well. lit. I see you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. No, but seriously, though. So, you know, like I said, you have a really specialized industry. And, you know, you and I have talked offline on on several different occasions on just like events and things that I've sent to you and you just made it very clear that it's really not your audience because people really are confused on really what you do. Mm-hmm. So I want to give you a platform and a place to kind of clear up what it is that you do with your business and how can people really kind of refer business to you? Like, what do you do? Okay. So my business is called the perfect piece DFW And what we are is a specialty caregiving service um, for people affected with autism and other special needs. 
So it doesn't stop at autism. We deal with any syndrome or developmental delay. It could be Angelman syndrome. It could be Down syndrome, um, cerebral palsy, Tourette's, any of those things. Um, anything that falls underneath this special needs umbrella, we provide services for that. Um, anything outside of therapy, we take care of. So whether it be overnight care, um, respite care, um, tutoring, any of those things, um, we we do those. Um, but it's not like a set list either. So it's kind of like mm-hmm. a case-by-case basis because some parents, you know, don't need things that are listed on my flyers or on my site or anything like that. It could be something that's very specific, such as um, someone to travel with the family, you know, just to keep an eye on that um, their child or, well, it doesn't necessarily have to be a child. Like I work with adults too. Um, so it really just depends, but anything outside of like that therapy support. So basically once they leave therapy and go home, it's kind of like, they don't have anything to do. Their parents don't know what to do with them. Um, so whether it's like different outings, that's actually my favorite thing to do is to get these, um, kids or these adults out into the community, because I feel that people aren't as receptive to them because they don't see them enough, you know? So it's more like, a fear of them, you know, mm. and my kids need just as much yes. exposure to them as the general population needs of them as well, you know. So, yeah, that's pretty much what we do. Yeah, and you know, I definitely can always appreciate, you know, your Instagram posts and just really showing, you know, you interacting with them on a day to day basis. And because I know you personally, I know that, you know, what I see is like true and real. So I can always appreciate that. Um, and I think that other people that are, have not had any exposure to individuals that have special needs can probably also appreciate that as well. So like as a business owner, being in this really specialized field with people that have, um, you know, um, the spe- special needs, how do you separate and balance business and compassion? Um, well, it's actually really tough in this industry just because it is a highly sensitive area. You know, I mean, childcare is one thing, but when you have childcare mixed with special needs, it's even the, the sensitivity is heightened, not only between like your interaction with the family, but also the, that word of mouth from that family is, is key because in this community is very small and your word and your reputation is really the only thing that you have to go on. That's really what I can attribute my success to because before I even took the perfect piece public, I was only doing respite by referral only. So I would only service other families by, um, you know, if they were linked to another family and Mm. it's just literally like such a sensitive, like, area you know like it's very hard to I mean I would say that it's hard to separate the business from the compassion but um it's definitely like very sensitive I can understand where it could be a a thin line only because you may find yourself like in any business owner where you find yourself wanting to help people because you because that's what you do you help people but then realizing this is also a business for me mm-hmm. and I have to, and I'm making money doing it. This is my livelihood, but I want to help you as well. So I think that 
with you having a specialized industry is even harder just like it would be for anyone else that's in the business where they may be helping people. And it's usually probably in the caregiving type of industries Mm -hmm. where you find that to be a severe challenge. So considering the role you have now as a primary caregiver, what what did you want to be when you, when you were little, like, were you, did you want to be a mommy? Were you one of them kids that wanted to be a mama? What were you? No, I wanted to be an astronaut. (laughs) Yes, yes. Anybody that follows me on social media or anybody that is a friend of mine knows I'm like obsessed with astronomy. Like I love, you know, going to look at the moon. I even got a telescope, like a a real telescope, like a fancy telescope. Like I've just always loved astronomy. And like I would all anytime uh, I have an uncle that lives in Huntsville, Alabama. And in the summer, it's like, I would beg my mom, like, please let us go to Uncle Carl's house. Like, I really want to go to the Space Museum. My uncle, he actually worked there. So it was like VIP at the Space Center, you know? So I was in heaven, you know, eating all the space food and, you know, just going to all the exhibits. Like, I could stay there all day, you know? Like, and so that's what I wanted to be initially. Um, But as I grew older, I always wanted to help people whether it was, you know, just putting a smile on their face or whatever. Like, I always knew that I could never sit behind a computer all day. Like, I would have to do something where I was interacting with people. And, yeah. So, (laughs) that's just kind of, like, how I fell into it. That's crazy, but it's very believable. (laughs) Wow. I'm like a real Wow, that's, that's, I mean, it's... it's, it's, (laughs) (laughs) Ah, that's hilarious. A North Memphis astronaut, people. (laughs) <laughs> I'm gonna be on the moon with my thumb up. You hear me? <laughs> I hate you. Oh, that's hilarious. So, so you you got into this business and like you 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 are running this business while also working, you know, quote unquote nine to five. So, how do you find the balance? Um, it's kind of easy to balance just because uh, my full time job I'm it's very flexible. And like I can schedule and pick up cases that I want and where I want and schedule it when I want to schedule it according to like, so basically each client, you know, has like, we need these days, these days, these days from this time and that time. So I can pick and choose what cases I want to take on. So that leaves me a lot of freedom for my own business. Um, So, I mean, it just always works itself out um, most of the time. and actually like I actually have to tell myself like no you're not working this weekend like you you're not working this weekend not only because you know um of course I love the money but in my mind I'm like well how can I turn down a family that needs help you know so it's like always like a battle with myself you know but my mom is always like look you need to chill you know that's why I go to so many concerts like people ask me like damn, you stay at a concert. Like, I want to live. I'm like, literally, that's like how I get my, what's the word? Like how I release. Like, it's my favorite thing to do. Like, I love, like, I love to go to concerts. Like, because music is life and it really does, like, keep me sane, you know? So, yeah. That's what's up, though. I I definitely, I'm glad you hit on that because I was going to ask you about that. So, like, for you, like, for me as well, music is definitely, like, my place of peace. Like, I'm listening to music as much as possible during the day. Like, if it's my my, my commute, like, while mm-hmm. I'm working, getting things done or whatever. So, I love concerts just as well. Like, you know, we've gone to concerts, plenty of concerts together. So, while yeah. we're thinking about music, 
top three artists who's on your playlist go uh <laughs> black okay um meek okay and i don't know how to say his last name brent <laughs> brent fryas fryas mcfryas okay i know you're talking about yeah, yeah. he lit. okay all right that's what's up that's cool so like you you're in you have a business in the industry in which you're already working, mm-hmm. which is somewhat unique to a lot of business owners. So I think it's kind of a 50-50 situation, but at least I know for for myself, I don't necessarily have a business in the industry in which I'm working. And I know a lot of people don't. We actually realize that we're not passionate about our day-to-day. Yeah. So we start a business. So how did you decide that you wanted to start a business which is our, which is kind of doing what you're already doing. Yeah, <laughs> it's actually a funny story. Okay, so I moved to Dallas roughly about five years ago, and I was working at a clinic in Carrollton, and we, um, you know, like once the kids go home, you know, that's it. You know, it's a nine to five. You know, they come and do therapy with me and my colleagues. You know, and then they go home. So. Sometimes when the parents would pick their kids up, they would, you know, confide in me about, you know, not having enough time to do this and not having enough time to do that and how they haven't went on a date with their spouse in six months and, you know, just little things like that, you know, and I was just like, goodness gracious, like we don't, I mean, in my field, like I never thought about what it's like for these parents once the kids are at home, you know, because they're, I mean, it's pretty much like they're in school or whatever. But of course, as you can imagine, the life of a parent with a child with autism or any other special needs is way more difficult. And so um, one of the parents, you know, she just was, you know, talking about that. And I was like, man, that's messed up. And like, since then, I had started thinking about it, but it wasn't like something that I just immediately like jumped into because um because of HIPAA and the BACB board, we can't form dual relationships with our clients. So if I was doing therapy Mm -hmm. with them, I could not provide any type of service outside of therapy, or I could get sued. I could, you know, have a lawsuit against me or even lose my licensure. Wow. So, you know, I was just like, geez, like, you know, I mean, I can't, you know, help this particular family, but maybe I can help another family. But again, like, you know how, like, you think of something, but you don't act on it right then. You just kind of let it, you know, fall by the wayside. So, like, for the first week, you know, I was like, ooh, I can do this. Like, I can do that. Da, da, da. You know, it just, my wheels were turning. And then I just let it, you know, fall by the wayside. And then um, this particular family, they had left the clinic that I was working at. And the mom called me one day, and she was, like, crying, like, bawling and I was like what's going on like you know I didn't know what was going on and she was like I can't get him to stop screaming he's throwing this and he's doing that and, da, 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 da. and her husband was out of town and I was like you know I'm on my way because I actually had done in-home therapy with him so since he was no longer a client of mine at the center I you know wasn't breaking any ethical guidelines or whatever so I was like I'm on my way like just stay there and so um you know, I went in, the house was a mess, blah, blah, blah. As soon as he saw me, he immediately got up and stopped, like, doing everything that he was doing. And, um, you know, the mom had her daughter on her hip and, 
you know, she still was just like crying and, you know, just overwhelmed, you know? And so I was like, give me the babies, like go, like just get out of the house, go, you know, have a mommy break or whatever. And she was like, no, you don't have to do that. Blah, 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 blah. Like, I just need you to know, take him in his room. And I'm like, no, you need to get out of the house and you know, everything is going to be fine. Like just leave me with the kids or whatever. And she sat in the driveway in her car and like cried for maybe like 30 minutes or so before she actually pulled off. And I don't know where she went or whatever. And, you know, she kept calling and I'm like, enjoy your time. You know, like you don't have to be in a rush to come back. Like I don't have nothing to do. This was like a Sunday. And, um, yeah. And so after that, I was just like, okay, this is what I need to do. Like I need to stop procrastinating and just do it. And so that's what I did. So you mentioned procrastinating mm-hmm. and I like to ask a lot of biz I, I like to ask business owners what are because we get real here on the cup of grind podcast what are the things about you and it could be procrastination but you can elaborate what are the things about you that you know are stopping you from reaching your maximum level of success um definitely procrastination but I also have a fear of hiring other people that I am that is the mm. biggest one for me just because like like I said in this field is such a high sensitivity and everybody doesn't have the same heart as you you know and they could you know do great in interviews and have great references but you know you never really know the mental health you know of someone until shit goes left you know and then you see I see all these different stories of you know, like special needs kids getting drugged down the hallway and kids getting beat and stuff like that. And I literally like that's like my biggest fear, you know, because once again, this feel like your reputation is all you have, you know. And so like that's like my biggest thing. Procrastination isn't even a huge thing for me anymore. Like since I got into it and actually got the ball rolling. But now it's fear of hiring people. So like... (laughs) I I desperately need to hire people, but I'm still just like very hesitant about it. Like right now, I only um, have people on my team that I previously worked with or, you know, something like that, like people that I trust, you know, but they're not always available to take a client if I'm unavailable or or if I'm already booked. So it's just like, "Mm, I don't want to hire nobody, but it's like I'm going to have to eventually because it's going to continue to grow. Like I've only been public since February and like I'm somewhere near 75 families, you know? So it's like, I have to like, I have to hire some. And of course it's like, you know, as needed, like PRN. So, you know, it's not like completely overwhelming, you know, but it's like those, there are a lot of times where these autism moms are all going to the same events you know, so they all need <laughs> childcare and things like that. And it's like, I can't be in one place at one time, in many places at one time. So yeah, I'm scared to hire people. That's what's keeping me from growing. Well, yeah. I, and I can understand exactly why you feel the way that you feel, but I definitely hope that you are able to find a way around it. Like whether it's, you know, you changing the way that you observe observe people like in their training session or what have you um so that you don't stunt your growth um Mm -hmm. and your ability to help more families but I get it I mean it makes a lot of sense and it makes sense why that's your fear 
and why that's your your challenge and your hurdle for sure. So one of the things you and I talked about specifically was like just like reaching more people and networking and things like that. And you you made it very clear that the average millennial networking events were not the avenue for you, for your industry, for your business. Oh, so, yes, Lord. I'd be in there, like, so bored, like... Let's it, talk about it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, I just don't, like, and I feel like at those, like, networking events, like, that's all people want to talk about is business, you know? And I'm just like, there's other things to talk about, you know? Like, and I try to bridge the gap and start talking about, you know, I don't know, the latest headlines or whatever, but, like, they always go right back to business. And like, when I tell people what I do, they're like, what? What is it? What is autism? What? I'm like. Mariah, why are you going to a networking event and don't want people to talk about business though? They can, but not the entire time. Why not? Because I don't want to know what you do. Like, I don't it's a I feel networking like working event. No, but I feel like it's like it should still be more organic. Like I feel like it just be like so scripted. It's like everybody come in there with a script of what the they about to say to each person that walk up to them. Like, hey, I'm I'm Teddy Riley and I stay real estate. Are you looking for a home today? Like, <laughs> no, I'm not. Like, I'm not looking for no home. Like this shit is hilarious. This is hilarious. Like it be making me so mad. Like, and I'm not about to like explain what autism is to everybody. Like, I just be want to get up there on the microphone and just be like, "Look, be like this. Is this mic on? Hello. Hello. Like, come on, bro. Like, it it, it it just don't be the time and the place. Like, and I don't know. Maybe I got the wrong attitude." Going to you do. I promise you, no, but I you promise do. you, Jada, listen, I have been to multiple of these events, like I swear to God, and because it's so specialized, like, and you know, I do think like, okay, I could be missing the person that knows a person that knows a person. I swear, I think about this stuff, but at the same time, I just be like, I feel like this is like pointless, like where I get the most pull is when I go to like these different childcare expos or you know, autism walks, you know, things like that, because that's where, but these black millennials, like, I ain't in there trying to hear about your business, like, I mean, I want to hear about it, but, like, I feel like it it should be more organic, like, it should be more, you know, I, I don't know, it's hard to explain. Here's my thought. You can't go to a networking event and expecting it to be a kickback. Okay, a networking event is solely to networking, and that's all we're gonna. That the purpose of us meeting up at a networking event is to talk about business. So I completely agree that your lane should absolutely be what you just listed: autism walks, any child care facilities, even like any state-related regulated organizations mm-hmm. where they have grants and funding. Oh, that's your lane. So I'm happy that you have found your lane. I think this is an important nugget for anyone listening. Find your lane. Yeah. You have to do some lot of trial and error and, and realize that, you know what? The average millennial networking event may not be for you, but it might be for you as well. Like for me, it would be for me. Yeah. For Mariah, it's not for her. So I get it. I'm happy you found that out. But don't go to a networking event 
mad because Fox Network. I'm not. Okay? I'm not mad, but I'm just like, <laughs> I, it just be too much. Like, talk about something <laughs> else. Like, have a, a normal conversation. You know, like, I don't know. It just ain't. Catch me tomorrow. Catch me tomorrow. Happy hour, and then I can. That's what I'm saying. I came to like, It should be like that. <laughs> It should be like a happy hour. It should be like a partial kickback. You know, I don't have a boutique and I, I'm not a chef. I don't, you know, uh, I'm not a C, what is it, CPA? The finance people? I, I'll do mm-hmm. none of that. Like, I'm, I provide a service, but it's not like a normal service either. You know what I'm saying? Then I feel like when they're like, oh, what's autism? And once I explain, they're just like, oh, okay. And the conversation is just done. Like, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> this is point. So you mad. Like, I'm, get a, so you I'm telling you, the best thing that be coming out of the things is the free drinks. Well, not free drinks, but, you know, when dudes in there buying you drinks. And if you get a number, like, that's what, I, that's what I'd be grateful for. Because, baby, it, <laughs> the rest of it, it just be, mm-mm. Nope. Okay. So, since we've already identified that the average networking event for the 40 under crowd is not for you, it's not your lane, how do you acquire new business in like a specialized field such as this? Uh, referrals are a big one. Um, just because, you know, these families, they don't trust just anybody with their special needs child. Like, even if parents have heard about me and know that I'm an excellent therapist, I'm an excellent caretaker or whatever caregiver I'm sorry they like they still like are grilling me or whatever and like I get it you know but um referrals is the the largest one um and also autism walks um caregiver um I mean child care like care.com I've gotten a lot of business from care.com um I said different walks and stuff and sometimes um the state of Texas they have like this transitioning uh conference that they have every month so it's more geared towards the adults so i get a lot of my adult clients Mm -hmm. from those um they just have my pamphlet there like i don't have to physically be present every month um but like my materials and things like they go into their grab bags and um i get a lot of my adult clients from there is your goal to be a full-time entrepreneur no not right now. I don't I don't foresee that in in the near future, no. So you prefer to work for another agency than be full time? Yeah, just because um a lot of my clients that I have for my business, they do things in the daytime. So most of my clients are in the evenings and on weekends or early in the morning. So like early in the morning before they go to school or they go to their day have program or things like that. So I would be missing a large loophole of income if I were to be full-time in my business at this moment. And, you know, I could get a client that would need, you know, daytime hours, but at any time they could cancel. Or they could say that this is not what they want, you know. So for the sake of my livelihood, this just not where I'm looking to go right now. So in the future, though, 
what are some of the ways you'd like to see your business expand or grow? Um, I would I would definitely like to see my business grow into different cities. Um, of course, starting in Texas, just because Texas is one of the largest um, autism aware um, states. Texas, Florida um, are the two big in California are like the three biggest um, right now. And I could definitely see myself like expanding to different um, cities and things like that. But I also have thought about starting group homes for the older kids, you know, and in that aspect, it wouldn't necessarily be um, my company. That would be more of like a um, a state funded thing, um, like a state grant and things like that. So, I mean, it eventually could turn into full time because, of course, with um with the group home I would want to piece a day have situation with it. So I mean it eventually, I don't know, maybe five, ten years or something like that. I don't know. I don't know. Do you think that do you think that um fear is hindering you from your growth potential? Um not of growing, no. Um, my like I said, my biggest fear is the whole hiring people aspect. Um, but right now I'm also like accruing supervision hours uh, towards my master's to get my BCBA. So I have to be working in the field. Okay. Like my um business, um, those hours will not suffice because I am my own boss. So I have to have someone else overseeing it if that makes sense. So I can't yeah. like count any of the hours that I do my business because nobody is over me. I'm over myself. So because you have a specialized field, I'm not sure what you have to do to stay organized as a business owner as you're juggling your nine to five. So are there any uh, software or apps or systems that you use to kind of stay organized and scheduling or anything? Man, look here. I, t- I tell you one thing. When I started this, I did not think like that I was going to like, because I consider myself a pretty organized person just off the rip, you know, like I've just always been organized. But once I started with this, like, it was crazy because I was like overbooking myself, like because I was using like uh one of those uh paper planners, you know, like a calendar, you know, um a planner yeah, book or whatever. No. And sometimes I would book someone like through text messages, but I wouldn't have a planner right there with me. So like it's the day of, and they like, mm-hmm. oh, we'll see you at five thirty. I'm like, wait a minute, no, you're not, because I'm already at so and so so and so house, like. So I'm scrolling back through the text messages and stuff. And I'm just like, oh, shit. Like, I overbooked myself again. Like, I've done it more than one time, you know. And I was just like, there's got to be an easier way. And I think I actually wrote it on social media. I asked on my Facebook and on my Instagram, I asked everyone, what do they do to keep their calendar, like, in order? Or, like, you know, if they had, like, any suggestions. So I just started putting it in my phone um, and, you know, like, and on my iPad because those two things are always with me. So I use the, just the regular Apple calendar um, and I use mm-hmm. Stride Text app to track my miles. 
Um, like when I okay. for my nine to five and for my um business or whatever. And I also track my expenses on the Stride Text app as well. And somebody told me about Spark Post. And so I use that for like marketing materials, um, you know, like little bulletins, Adobe Spark Post. I use that. And I also mm-hmm. use Invoice Simple app, like for invoices. So, um, you know, like an hour before my booking time is over, I send the invoice to the parent. I wasn't even doing that at first. So basically I was like keeping everything in the planner. Mm-hmm. Girl, look, I didn't go to school for business. I don't know nothing about, like I literally learned like as I was going and I'm like, you know, how am I going to, you know, I wasn't even thinking about like keeping track of what I was making because it was so like casual. Like it wasn't the perfect piece wasn't a thing thing then, you know, it was kind of like just, you know, like a side hustle, you know, and girl, before I knew it, I was like, where's my money going? Like, you know, what am I doing? And so, um, yeah, so I use Invoice Simple now to um, keep up with all of that and to submit it to the parents as well so that they can um, write it off on their taxes for, you know, child care expenses or whatever. Those are pretty much the only things I use, but absolutely. Yeah. Oh, but those are good though. And your experience and your story and your journey is actually really it's not it's not as unique as you may think it is. Like a lot of people kind of just figure it out along the way, which is the true testament of what entrepreneurship is all about. Like I tell people all the time when I first started Grind Match my apparel line, mm-hmm. I did everything wrong. The first year I lost I lost so much money in my first year. I didn't have anything in order, I had nothing official. Like I was all over the place. No one would have known. Cause I kept that together, but I was all <laughs> over the place. So it's good that you're finding out very soon. You find that in the early stages on like just organizing and what you need to do. And so for anyone listening, there are a lot of resources that Mariah has shared that I will share in the show notes that can really help you get organized on very basic high level things, just to kind of make sure you have your affairs in order from a business standpoint. So I think that's super important. If you got any suggestions, let me know. Cause uh, <laughs> I got you. But no, before we get out of here, you know, what I think is really important is just to hear from people. And like, I know you said that, you know, you don't foresee, um, you know, this being a full-time thing for you for right now, which I think is really cool because, Everybody doesn't have the same story. Everyone doesn't want to do business full time. Some people like you and your field, you're like, it just makes sense for me to stay under the umbrella of someone else. So it's really good to have a different perspective. Mm-hmm. But for but for your business, for your business, the whole totality of your business, when you think about like when you can say, Man, damn, like I really have made it. Like I'm where I like I I dreamed about this. What does that look like for you? Um, it would be more so like being a keynote speaker at the National Autism Conference or, you know, speaking at the Autism Speaks Walk or, you know, something like that or actually just, but honestly, I feel like I'm successful already, like just because of what I know that I give 
to these families every time that I walk into their home. You know, I know that I'm giving them peace of mind and I know that they fully trust me. And I am like an extended family member, like with all of my families, like none of them treat it as if it's just a business deal, you know, like they all treat me like family. And I see these people more than I see my own family, you know, so they are my family, you know, at the end of the day, like I know I can call them if I got a flat tire, if, you know, like, I mean, just anything, you know, so I honestly just already feel like successful and I feel fulfilled already, you know. Like everyone has a different story and what success and a, like the the peak level of success is different for everyone. So I'm really always excited to hear those stories. So before we get out of here, where can we find you on social media? Um, I only have a Facebook account because, again, that's where my audience is. Okay, girl. Um, yeah, so no IG, no Snapchat or anything like that. Um, you can find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash the perfect piece which is p-i-e-c-e d-f-w dot no that's it <laughs> facebook.com slash the perfect piece d-f-w yeah that's it all right that's and what's your email oh my email is the perfect piece p-i-e-c-e d-f-w at gmail.com I appreciate it, man. Thank you so much for joining us on a Cup of Grind podcast. We really needed this. We needed to hear from a completely different angle, a different type of business, a specialized industry um, like yourself. So I really appreciate you for joining me today. Thank you, girl. And this is going to take off like a rocket. We need cups, plates, spoons, forks, (laughs) all of that of grind. Do you hear me? I got you. Are you done playing games and ready to get out of your own way? Good. Go to jadadavis.com today to join my village, download your free startup checklist, and schedule time to speak with me during a free strategy call or think tank. That's J-A-D-A-D-A-V-I-S.com. And as always, shut up, keep grinding.